Your effortless humor will help someone in need. Tegril, are you in need? Uh, I, I, yes, probably. Fuck you! You're- Haha, <laughs> 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 he's laughing, I will. Okay, Effort. hello everyone. <laughs> what? I- You said you were gonna do something random at the start of this. I could not have even predicted that. Uh, you know, I- I saved- I saved- I got it from Panda Express. Oh my god. Wow. You did it. Oh my god. Effortless the humor. Effort. Is that us? I'd like to believe. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it going? Hello. Welcome to Cytology. <laughs> Welcome to Cytology. I am TechReal. Have you missed our chaos? Probably. Probably. Maybe. I, I have not. I have to live with... Remember that line? Did you ever see... You saw that part of Unisonis. I, I think there was a part in Unisonis where, like, Ethan says something about saying, like, I have to live with me all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the few Ethan lines I really resonate with. Me too. Because that's how I feel all the time about every word out of my mouth. Me too. It's like if you're tired of me, I have to live with me all the time. And well, I am a lot. I mean, mood. But <laughs> hey, oh, what's up, everybody? Hello, people. Hey, what are we doing today, Tacro? We're doing a fan Q&A. The first fan Q&A. Ooh. Ooh. We got Ooh. questions to answer today. And we're excited mm. to answer them. We're also excited... Because this is the first episode that we're recording since the podcast has come out. Yes. So our episodes are out currently as we're recording this. And we've had reactions to the episodes. And we want to say thank you. Because, thank oh my you. God. That's so cool. Like, it's so cool oh. you guys like, took the time to sit down and listen to our silly podcast. Yeah. And I hope you're, like, I don't know, learning some things. I hope you're like enjoying thinking about these these different perspectives on Sandersides and on inside out and stuff like that so we're we're having yeah. a blast oh my gosh and yeah. the comments have been nice i've been enjoying the comments they're really feel so good oh my god i love you all very much i love you so much I love you. that i smile when i think about you oh sweet vibes oh my god we're all really happy that you guys like cytology and if you do like cytology maybe spread it around maybe send it yes. to your friends Remember, send it to Thomas Sanders. Who knows? Remember, remember, <laughs> cough, cough, Thomas. <laughs> if you're watching, if Thomas this, is watching this, um, I didn't say that. No. But if not, yeah, not begging people to share it to the man himself. What? I said I'm not begging people to share it to the man himself. No, as I recede into my well. Here's the deal, though. Every single one of you that's listening to this, whether we get more people or not, we appreciate you taking the time oh, to listen true. to it. Thank you very much. And we're going to answer some questions every three episodes. Yeah, three probably. Episodes? As long as we keep getting yeah. questions, then yeah. Yeah, we're going to keep uh, figuring that out and going from there. Yeah. So here's some questions we have today. What's the first one, Tegril? Our first question comes from Phoenix M. And the question is, in fact, Favorite line from Sandersides? What's our favorite I, line? Hold on. I Okay, there we go. I, I clicked out of something to then find it again. Wow. Uh, yeah, I got confused. <laughs> oh, um, am I going first? Uh, you can. My favorite line I have from like Sanders. five answers, so like you should, you should go first. Me too. Like, oh, oh there we go. 
Well, I, I need to, I need everyone to be aware that a lot of these questions are going to entail multiple answers because there's no way to get really specific about one specific answer. No. So, so one of my favorite lines in Sandersides is tattooed on my arm. Oh. Um, it's it's uh, it's that one right there. Oh, the one it that says, people on Spotify can't hear. Yeah, but it says one step in front of the other, kiddo. Hey. Because, as I've said before, um, that line really, like, was exactly what I needed to hear when I was coming out of my senior year of high school. I've told the story already on the podcast, mm-hmm. but um, now that it, like, it resonated with me so hard that, like, having it tattooed on my arm reminds me to kind of take life one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the little extra bit of Sandersides, like, kiss in there. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Sandersides reference, but it could be. But, it's just vague enough. It's, like, it's yeah. a simple enough saying that you know what it's from and it's representative of what it's from. But it isn't, like, so inherently so that people would be like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, that line was the only time that Sanders has ever made me cry. And I think it was just really well delivered. I think that entire conversation between Patton and Thomas at the end of moving on moving forward was so important um, that people don't, people tend to rush through life. And I think it's a really good reminder to just like, or rush through grief or rush through anything and just stay where you're at. So it's a very serious line. The other serious line I absolutely love is um, Roman in uh, Accepting Anxiety. Um, where he has this whole monologue about like anxiety, you're what pushes Thomas to rehearse and rehearse poor performances. It just, it rem- it's cool. It's a cool reminder that like anxiety isn't always there to like stop you. Yeah. It, like it can just be trying to push you forward mm-hmm. in a way. So, like, I really appreciate that one. Mm-hmm. That's a really good yeah. monologue. That's, that's also like one of those really, like, really early like examples of Roman being nice to Virgil, which at the time was rare. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been one of the yeah. first times, honestly, that he was like legitimately nice to him. It was so good. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the relationship between Roman and Virgil. Just uh, Oh, it, it evolved really nicely. It's so nicely. I mean, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so I also, okay, so I have four here. So hold on. Those were two. I was going to say, have... so far, your reasonings are a lot more like deep than mine are i have five yeah. stupid lines those, that are just funny to me <laughs> those are the two deep ones though oh, that okay, was the extent of the deep the next one had me laughing for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. um it's the oh mommy i don't want the mashed potatoes <laughs> I, it's, but it's so good listen that's it cracked me up real hard and i wish i still had video evidence of me laughing for five minutes but i don't um, and then my other favorite line isn't necessarily words, um, oh. but it's, it's Logan um, looking at Remus's to-do list and working through intrusive thoughts, looking at the list, pouring out his coffee, immediately <laughs> getting one and just pouring it at that, the, and drinking <laughs> like that. You don't need words no. for that. Just, no, I. That's wonderful. That's the, be- that's the best. <laughs> I, I can't. I have no words for how perfect that was. Got so it. that. I forgot yeah. how much I love that aside. Really it was so good. Place. Literally just it's hearing so about that scene made me want to rewatch it right now. It literally is that one scene, honestly. So good. My, my favorite scene there is the hot that, dog scene. Honestly, the, oh yeah, the hot dog. Genuinely, it was, it was literally either between Logan and the wine, and then Remus going, no, but I can. Don't flunk me. I don't know what mama's going to do, but I'm getting to an Ivy League college. 
<laughs> that felt like a very theater call out and I was like, oh <laughs> I mean, of all the people to give the theater vibes, I mean Remus is the other one. Because he has half of creativity. It functions. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I I appreciate that. I I appreciate that Remus is a theater kid if that's what that means. I think so. Remus I think he's theater. just as much a theater kid as, as Roman. More likely than what? not. What kind of theater would Remus put on? I don't understand your question. What kind of theater would he put on? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> all like processing Remus being an actor. Like, would he be in the scene or would he just? I think he would make a production of uh, Dear Evan Hansen where every character is Jared Kleinman. I think that is the only option for him. All right. Also, like, yeah. also like two years of putting on Beetlejuice, where every character is Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just, yeah. I just like to think he takes the, like the craziest, most toxic character of every show and just throws them into every role. God, <laughs> that would be chaotic. You could just... I'd watch it. You know, I would too. Imagine if you're watching Beetlejuice, but Beetlejuice is also Adam and Barbara, and Beetlejuice is also Lydia, and also Delia, and also the dad. It's and like, also the it's sandworm. The, it's like the, the Olaf doing all the Frozen yes. all the stories, but oh instead of Olaf, it's Beetlejuice. That, you know, that's his theater. That's his theater. It's him just doing that, cool. but dressed as the most toxic character there. Period. <laughs> I would oh, watch so much of that. I would watch so much of that. That's the best. Even Nothing those little Olaf shorts are really funny. Oh Olaf? Oh, oh, the Olaf shorts. The ones I you just love. referenced. I know, I know. I, you said shorts, and I immediately thought of, like, pants. Oh, and I, was there, like, I thought of what, Olaf what? wearing shorts. Yeah. I, I got confused. Him wearing clothes seems very weird to me. Like, I can't picture it properly. Because he just I doesn't have, like, a body enough for clothes. Yeah. I love how on topic we are right now. This is fun. I know, yeah. Well, we, we, One question in, only halfway through, because only uh, one person has answered it, and we're already off on tangents that brought us to Olaf and, and Beetlejuice. So here we are. <laughs> Thank you. What is your favorite line from the series? Uh, well, I have five. They're none five. of them are connected, and they all just make me laugh. And I'm sure mm -hmm. I probably can't even accurately say any of them because I don't remember all of it. But so, in order of, of how I've written them, I have um, the line from. Oh no, I don't remember what episode it is. <laughs> I can help. <laughs> it might be from learning new things about ourselves. It's. It's Patton being like, there are all types of loops. Fruit. And then I think it's Roman. Oh, he's done. Yeah, oh, he's done. Mm. That's, that's, I, again, I don't have a good reason for these. They just made me laugh. The, uh, the next one is um, <laughs> Roman saying, well, when is it enough? And Janice goes, trees. <laughs> that was so good. That's, that, I like that because it's the type of joke that I would make. So, like, I'm very happy that Janice and I are yeah. on the same wavelength. Yeah. Um, it threw me off so bad. I remember sitting there being like, please, what the fuck? It's so dramatic. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> joke. Um, was, and then it's it more dramatic. But um, next up is a, is a reference that only when preparing for this episode did I, did I, a line rather, that I found out was a reference. Because you mm -hmm. told me it was a reference, and I didn't—I had no idea it was a reference, ha despite having seen the movie it was referencing, which is uh, Logan's. Um, I forget exactly how it goes. He goes flames on the side of my face, seething, seething fire. 
which apparently is from Clue. Seething, he do a see, seething, <laughs> seething fire. It just makes that I, I, Logan is great. Um, and apparently that's from Clue, and I did not know that, despite how many times I've seen Clue. Uh, I still don't believe in having seen the clip. But that's a good one. Um, I love it. Yeah. It's so good. One I know we've already referenced in an episode, which is, uh, which is Genesis. No! No! What was, what did Roman say before that? Like, we have to beat their unconscious uh, corpse or something like that? Beat someone up and rob their unconscious yeah. body. Right? <laughs> and Jerry's like, No! Nope. The delivery that of that line is so perfect. It's truly one of the best delivered lines in the series, if you ask me. SVS is just iconic. You can't beat SVS. Mm-hmm. It's just, so good. You just can't. I need to watch like, some of these episodes again. I, I haven't watched them in a bit. And we're making a podcast about this. Well, if you do, and we're making a podcast we're, about it. We've uh, done soiled ourselves. No, <laughs> I, I need to say what's on my mind real fast because I just need someone else to know this plight that I deal with. Every time I hear, I've told you this before, Amy, every time the phrase, we're making a blank happens, my brain goes into the Muppets, we're doing a sequel. No! So my brain always goes to, we're doing a podcast. And I'm like, damn! No. Shiz. Kills me. It kills What's the me. next tech reel? To, to avoid this, to avoid this, this song stuck in yeah. your head, what is the next question? Well, no, I have one more line. Oh, well then I tell you more epic more. line from Sanderside's from Can Lying Be Good? Tell me about your favorite. Um, it's I don't remember the exact line verbatim, but it's 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 little little Joan, little little child Joan saying, What happened to my fluffy sweet hands Sir, Sir Squiggles the Blave? Do you remember it's that? It's the Squiggles the Blave? Yes, yeah, Squiggles the Blave. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, that was the last one I had on my list. I never told you. But that line is something that makes me very happy. I thought it was the screen after that went like, (laughs) That's a good part of that. I forgot about that screen. But no, I'm glad that Sir Squiggles the Blave is... Sir Squiggles the Blave. It makes me very happy. Well, then do you like the one that's like, where where they go into like all this, um, all the... Who also happens to be by Pat so like that part. Oh, yeah, I love that whole scene. The entire scene. The whole scene. That's fantastic. It's just a perfect scene. It's very good. It has a little Pikachu hat, I think. Can mine be good is... is Roman there. says my name. <laughs> because oh, yeah, my name good. is Tech, and that's a theater term. Damn. Well, you... That's good. Also, fun fact for those at home, if your name is Tech and you hang out with theater people, watch out. You're going to hear your name constantly. Constantly, constantly. And you'll have to forever try not to make the joke of me when they say Tech. Hoopla. <laughs> Hoopla, indeed. Hoopla. Oh, my God. Next question. Next question comes from Kaylock, which is, what is the Sandersides episode you show people to introduce them to Sandersides and why? Now, I've never done this. I've never, like, introduced someone to the series. I just watch it and hope people around me know of it. That's fair. It's it's a rarity. It's it's hard to do because it's one of those things that's not necessarily a TV show, so Mm -hmm. people don't seem as interested. Yeah. Because it's harder to get them into it. I've come close. I don't think I've ever successfully watched Sandersides with anyone Mm -hmm. all the way through. 
I've watched the beginning of it with some people and I've watched the end of it with some people. Yeah. But never like never like starting from the beginning and like showing them fresh. Or like walk through it with them. Yeah. Uh, and also like per this question, I'm very much the type of person who like with a question like this gets a little confused at times because I'm like I don't like showing people things not from the start. Like if I want to mm. introduce someone to a series it's very rare that I'm not going to just be like, hey, let's start from episode one and go there, if you're interested in the series. Because I don't like spoiling people on things, especially for, like, plot-heavy series. So, like, most of the time, I wouldn't just be like, oh, here's an episode that I can show you to get you into the concept, and then we'll start from the start if you want to. Yeah. Because I'm like, why would I do that if I can just build from the start? Like, the only thing I've ever done that with is Doctor Who, because starting from the start... Uh, is still like at the start of the reboot, which is where I would start people out from because I haven't seen the classic stuff. So like if I was starting from the start way back then and a whole different vibe. And Doctor Who just has a lot of jumping off points that you can just sort of start anywhere a lot of the time. Yeah. So, but, um, so yeah. in that mindset, then what would be the episode you'd choose to start with? The first one? Um, probably, I mean, most likely, yes. In a logistic sense, I would. But if I was to choose another episode just to have a more interesting answer to the question, I would probably go with a very what is a very not plot heavy episode and just sort of introduces the characters. So my answer is the Q and A episode, uh, previously oh. my favorite episode before SVS came and blew in my came in and blew my mind. But um, yeah, oh yeah, no Q and A episode was my favorite yeah. for a while because I I mean again I love Q and A's. But, um, as we're in one right now. But, um, no, that episode is a very simple episode, which just sort of introduces you to the characters and the way they interact. And just gets, you know, gets you to know about them a little bit. And just in a way that doesn't spoil any story, really. And just sort of, just sort of a nice vibe. The only thing it, I think it spoils is one of the names. Because I think one of the sides has a name at that point. Maybe two? I don't remember. I think something like that. I think Roman's name might have been revealed by that point. Roman Logan and or was, Logan. Logan was first, and okay. then it was Roman. So it might have been Logan and Roman. Okay. Because no, I think there were two jokes where a name got interrupted, and it was Patton and Virgil. So I think at that point, then Logan and Roman. Wait, no. You said Logan yeah, and Patton Roman? didn't have his name yet. Yeah, Patton definitely didn't have his name yet. But um, Roman might not have. I don't remember. I don't remember the order. I didn't, I, I didn't even know that Logan was first until you said it. Logan was first. No, I remember Logan being first because I remember that name dropping and I remember going... Yeah, I just know of the four, Virgil was last. And then Remus and then Janice. Yeah, I literally... Yeah, I I remember Logan's being first. That's right. Um, so that was mine. So what about you? Okay. So that's honestly valid. Honestly, the Q&A is probably a good place to start, I think. Um, I have been... Uh, I think there's a lot of people who have let uh, I I have an anxiety disorder. Let me say it that way. Let me start with that. So <laughs> I've been let down a few times with mm. uh, people wanting saying they want to watch Sanders Hides and then not actually watching it. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I just show them the first episode, they're not gonna get hooked. <laughs> I w I need to do something that like gets them into it sooner because the, the stuff that I love about I mean let me rephrase that I love everything about Sandersides but like my heart and soul is in 
season two. Yeah. So like, I'm trying, and I know that that's where I fell in love with Sanders Eyes, mm-hmm. like right at the end of season one. So I try. I've if if I really want this person to watch with me, and I think it's really good, sometimes I'll start with accepting anxiety, even though they don't know Virgil really? yet. Really? Yeah, because like as I say, that's my favorite one in terms of like season one. Um, but if I think, well, if I think it's like a desperate thing, but then like, (laughs) if I try to be desperate, it's never worked because it never gets to that point. I don't think, but, um, I know if I'm just showing, like, if I think they'll like it enough, I kind of show any of the episodes that are like 10 minutes ish Mm -hmm. in season one. So like, um, Losing Motivation, um, The My Negative Thinking, Am I Original? Um, and I also say Alone on Valentine's Day, even though I know Thomas <laughs> doesn't like it's that one. It's a good episode. Oh, so good. It's so it's one of my favorites. It's just, it's solid. Like, I understand so, why it's weird looking back on that one. Alternatively, though, it's a really amusing episode. I so. love it so much. The, my reaction to um, Have I Grown when everybody, <laughs> all the were like this to the episode i was like no 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 stop it <laughs> it's so good leave okay. it alone leave it oh, alone it's so good but yeah no i not that i'm like am i trying to manipulate them into liking it maybe yes i know that like even if like if somebody approached me with sander sides mm-hmm. now and i didn't know anything about it i really think the first episode would not hook me. Fair and I, I know that like, you don't necessarily need to be hooked in that first episode, mm-hmm. but like, I think it's harder to, I, for some reason it just feels harder to get somebody to watch Sanders sides than it would be to get somebody to watch Steven universe and get through that first season of Steven universe. See, I, I see them as very you know, similar. Everyone talks about. I see them as a very similar thing because yeah. both have that sort of situation and a lot of shows nowadays have the same situation where they'll start out very simple and the plots are very, like, basic simple and not too, like, crazy. And then they sort of build up to actually having, like, a more intense story as they go. My only counterpoint to that is I think there is the difference of Steven Universe being very popular. Oh, okay, so it already has, like, uh, <laughs> it already has, well, <laughs> contrary to that, Steven Universe notoriously is hated upon for its fan base. Unfortunately. Really? Oh, no oh yeah, no, it's it's tragic. It's tragic how people treat Steven Universe and the fan base because of the fan base. Which okay. is a common problem with a lot of fran- like franchises and yeah. fandoms now that like people base it all on the fan base. Like I know yeah. that I knew someone who wouldn't get into uh, I think it was Infinity Train because they were so annoyed with the fan base. Oh yeah, which which drew drove me nuts because I was like, Infinity Train to me is such a beautiful, fascinating, just perfect little show, um, and to not want to watch it because of the fan base felt like, well, it's like, why does the fan base matter? Like the who, fan base who cares? Irrelevant to the story, yeah. Truly, let's like, say it's like you don't need to like the fan base to like a series. Like if I loved a series and the fan base was crappy, I wouldn't. I wouldn't treat it and be like, oh, well, I don't want to watch the show now because the fan base ruined it. It's like, no, I, I, I want to watch a show because I like the show. I don't care if anybody else likes it. Like, it'd be nice if other people did and if they weren't clods, but like... Claude! 
Claude's. Um, <laughs> that is Peridot is half the reason why I do say Claude's. The other half Forget is Aaron Hansen. That's so good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm sad that I've been disappointed so many times mm. with people like saying they want to watch it and not giving any. I, I feel like I have to drag them sometimes, oh, yeah. and I've just kind of given up unless people really are are pressed about it. Um, yeah. that, I've, that, I've that felt really, that before too. But like that's so. I, I but I, that's honestly about any show. Like oh, that's yeah. not just sides, but like. Sandersides has become such a massive part of my interests mm-hmm. that I feel like you can't really just psych me out with that because that makes me sad. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's not cool. So, yeah, but that's that's how I do it. I try to kind of like add some kind of extra like hook in there. Yeah. Fitting in is also a really good one, I think. Fitting in is a really good one, actually. That that That's a very good episode for that. Yeah, but also like I think the the context the, the only reason I never do fitting in is because the names are said over and over in that one. That's true. I've, I've thought about this before. Like that's a really good one to show the character after you've shown one of these like yeah. ten minute ones at the beginning, so that you kind of understand who they are and what they represent, and then you can jump over there. But then accepting anxiety is so important that like yeah, that's the other thing though is that I would that. almost not agree with that as a first episode though because that's such like a plot relevant moment for Virgil that starting with that and then not having that same build up would be a little bit unfortunate yeah so honestly I I didn't include accepting anxiety there um but like for I I had a friend talking to me once that wanted to watch it that was saying that she knew enough about the series like she knew who everybody represented Mm -hmm. so she knew that much so that was why i was like okay well why don't we watch accepting anxiety because then you know enough about it so like it really depends on the person that's true because if if the person has foreknowledge then the spoilers become a bit null and void because as long as it's not spoiling anything that they don't already know then that's yeah i would i would definitely argue that anything after fitting in needs to be watched in order oh yeah and not like moving on, moving forward. Don't start there. <laughs> no. That's a deep episode to start with. Or, yeah, no. You really need to like after fitting in, you go straight through. You don't. Yeah. No way. You don't do anything else. Yeah, and as even as much as I love an episode like SBS, I wouldn't start an episode. I'd start a person on Sanderside with that. No, because that's so out of format too. That's but that's the thing. You don't know who Janice is. Oh, that too. Yeah, that's a big one. You can't start there because you don't know who Janice is. And you can't start with Can Lying Be Good because you need to know who Patton is first. True, so, like, so that you know that it's not it. him. Because then yep. you're like, why is this character that I'm seeing for the first time a different character? What? I don't think I have ever introduced anybody to Can Lying Be Good. I want to do that so to see that bad. reaction on the first time. Oh, I want to do that so bad because I remember that being such a drop with me. Oh, yeah. That it's such a terrifying moment. Like, this wholesome little boy that you see, and then you're like, ah, who the fuck are you? You know, you Sweet. know I love the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> yeah. And that shit, that was Uncanny Valley all over it, and <laughs> it made me very happy. It was so good. And then, oh, whew. anyway. Oh, my gosh. All right, ready for the next question? Uh, yeah. All right. Back to Phoenix. What? Back to Phoenix, we got favorite song from Sandersides. Oh my god. This is Am I going first? One for me. Uh, you can go first if you want. I don't remember who went first. I think I went first last time, so you can go first this time again. I don't Back know. I'm just forth. throwing it off. 
Um, so I'm not as partial to the songs in the series. Like, not oh. that I don't like them. I think they're really well done. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Uh, I, I guess my mine is probably Crofters. I really like Ooh, the Crofters yeah. musical. That's cool. It also very well could be that I've listened to them so much that I'm done listening to them. That's a good point. Uh, You're a little burnt out because you've like, listened to them too many times. I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm a little bit of a massive fan of Sanderside. So like, I, I've seen Sanderside's one too many times. Um, what? But, uh, just a little bit. But um, I guess my other favorite would be the Rhythm Redux. I found mm-hmm. that one really fun to learn and really fun to like. I mean, I think it's a really good way. I've heard before, especially in like musicals, that like songs in stories are like when the character doesn't have any more words to say, they have to sing it. Yeah. Like it adds more to it. So I think Rhythm Redux is a really good example of them having like not being able to talk and being like okay let me yeah it's when the emotion gets so high yeah. that, like you you cannot even just express it normally like it has to you have to burst yeah. out a song i think that's a good example of that and it's a rap and yeah. i do like the it's so weird calling it a rap to me is it a rap? I, I guess it is it's i mean it's synchronous what do you call that Synch- synchronous skis or griddle um <laughs> <laughs> two it's, Ethan it's, references in one episode. Syncopated. Syncopated. That's the word. Syncopated storyline. Syncopated wording. I like alliteration. No, you know, there's it's poetry, but like st- stronger and musical and rap. I guess so. I guess yeah? technically. I, I, I think it's, I think it's hard for me to say rap because it sounds very different from like raps I've typically heard. But, like, I guess, like, by yeah. definition of what a rap is, I guess it is a rap. Yeah. Vibes. It's a good Syncopation. one. Oh, my God. So, mine. Also, <laughs> side note, I, I find it amusing so far that, like, we have not had a single overlap in our answers. I, I, I don't remember if there is any overlap in any of our answers. I'm intrigued. We, you know, Tech Row, we're not the same person. What? And then, why? I... Yeah, I love that. I love the variety in Sanders set, especially like the episode introduced. That was such a cool question. So like the way that we have difference of opinion in that is really cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so my favorite song, uh, I have two uh, because I, why answer one question with one answer when you can oh. not. Um, uh, my main favorite is definitely uh, Incomplete from uh, Learning New Things About Ourselves. That song... Oh, yeah just makes me so happy it's such a perfect little song it also encapsulates like those kids show vibes so i might be biased because i am a little blues clues freak but like (laughs) i just love the vibe of it and it's nice and includes all the sides and it's just like ah, it's really feel good and pushes a lot of like of the narrative of like the different like character development moments and it's just like oh yeah and and logan has his little moment in the middle and it's like whoa oh it's so good you know what I, I'm realizing I do I, I take back any kind of shade towards Sanders side songs. How did I yeah, even how dare you put that across? How because dare you. I I loved that song when it came out. Incomplete was so good. It's so good. And just it's it's just harder to listen. I think I just listen to it too frequently. Yeah. I, I get fixated really bad. Oh, me too. I'll listen to the same song fifty times in a row and then I'll get bored of it and I'll wonder why I got bored of it. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my other favorite song is um, 
is Lies. I don't know what the actual name is, but it's uh, the New Year's Resolution episode song. The one that Janice was not included in. I love it. That's it's, such a song. I remember him saying that, um, I remember Thomas saying it was like, it turned into a country song and it wasn't really what he imagined or whatever. So I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know if I'd call it a country song, but like, I, I know, I wouldn't it. call it country, but that's what came I That's what I remember him saying. But It's just like a little earworm of a song, that one is. It also, is. if I were to add one more to my list, I think I'd say the 12 Days of Christmas was really nice. That's so good. I think it's really think... hard to make a good 12 Days of Christmas song, especially with, like, characters, because it gets so cheesy so quick. Um, but I really liked this one. Like, they made it entertaining all throughout. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was entranced with time. I, I also remember that one coming out. That one was mm. fun to watch. Because I was, I watched it like four or five different times to like watch each side. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that's that the good. thing. If there's one thing I can say to anybody in the future who wants to make a 12 Days of Christmas song parody cover thing, change it as it goes. Don't just go with simple repetition. Change it as it goes. Let the characters react in the song in real time. That's what makes it interesting. Because if you just do yeah. normal repetition, it gets really boring. That's why that song is so long and so exhausting. But when people do like little interjections, like like they do in this one, like it it just makes it more entertaining. It's solid. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, should we take a quick moment, a, a moment, accidental moment, to do a mind palace moment? Yes. Let's do it. Can fireworks? St- I know it's a hot. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Hello, Roman here. I I was playing the flute on on the computer, so it's. I just wanted to do something cool, but I don't know how to play the flute. What? How about this? Go forth and listen to the rest of Amy and Tech's podcast, and um, I will go learn how to play the flute for next time. Maybe by then the fireworks outside will have stopped because. Jesse's neighbors are having a grand old time. Roman, that was, don't lie. Stop <laughs> lying, Roman. I'll wave my flute at you. Stop lying, Roman. Where'd you get a flute? Stop it. Don't ask questions. I ask all the questions. That's what a tech Maybe I'm learning how to play flute. You don't know. Oh, are you? Oh, oh dang. Maybe. I want to. Flutes. I can only make a noise right now. Hold on. Watch me. Ready? Do it. Do it. Right, listen to me. Even you Spotify listeners. <laughs> Audio warning, probably. Oh, I'm gosh. gonna point at this. Okay. Flute noise. Like a train. <laughs> I'm a brass player. I'm not a, a woodwind <laughs> player. Anyway. I also <laughs> once played brass. I played Team. a trumpet. Team! I played the French horn. Oh my god. I also played the trumpet, but I played the French horn first. Ooh, I don't know the French know. horn as well as the trumpet. But yes. Yeah. I don't know the French word well, at all. I know what a French word is. Ba- barely. You know, and that's all you need to know, I think. You don't Just need to life. go through Yeah. Oh. No. You, uh, oh, in life. In life. All you need to know is what a French horn is, and that's it. And that'll get you through your day. That's it. <laughs> all you, you need don't... to know going into a new country is how to ask for the bathroom and what a French horn is. These are the two <laughs> You can be able to point at it on a picture, and mm-hmm. they'll let you ride into the subway. <laughs> That's what people don't tell you about places outside of the United States. You always need to know what a French horn is, or you'll be executed. 
how it goes. <laughs> Execute. Execute. We're not knowing what a French horn is. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, oh ready for more back. questions? To the moment. Or that, oh, wait, we didn't say that was a moment. moment. Okay. I forgot right. about that. We we're too busy talking about flutes. <laughs> I mean, I want to pull out my flutes. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Hector? Yes. Okay, so I don't actually know where the questions are coming from. I was from. about to be like, are you about to ask, ask the next question? Because you I haven't done that yet. I don't know where it's from, so. Well, I can tell you. It's from Phoenix again. Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix is asking us. You provided so many questions, you're an icon. True. Get it. Phoenix asked, if, that, hmm, man. Huh? I should try using yeah. some consonants this time. You're doing Phoenix <laughs> asked us <laughs> what, what our favorite moment from Sandersides is. Oh boy! Maybe I'll use some consonants in my answer. Maybe not. It depends on the day. Uh, it depends on the second <laughs> the hour and the minute. All of the above. It varies moment to moment. Ha, moment. moment. Ah! That was a moment. Anyways, um. <laughs> so uh, my favorite moment from Santa says, I have a lot of favorite moments. There's a lot of good moments in this series. Fun fact: I have this. The entire series is the favorite moment. What? Oh, yeah. There's this nice moment that started uh, at the beginning of episode one, uh, and it's still going. Honestly, it's a yeah. very long... I mean... What a moment. I mean, what defines a moment, really? A small section of time? Any time is small if you yeah. compare it to the vast infinity of time. I mean, I would define a moment as, as the Sandersides making little... Trying to be entertaining in the middle of... Our podcast. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, the actual definition of a moment is that. Yeah. If you look up, if you look up moment in the dictionary, you see a picture of mind palace moments. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, we invented <laughs> it. New term. We did. Uh, <laughs> we knew the word moment before. No one except. Nope. Vocab anyway. drop right on the series. Okay. We are the best. Anyway, okay. Oh God, we <laughs> are number one. Just as Robbie Rod <laughs> okay. always intended. Um, <laughs> oh my god, Robbie Rod. Ah, can you tell yeah. we've been rewatching Lazy Town? Anyways, um, <laughs> it's so good. Um, <laughs> it really is, actually. Go back and watch it. Anyway. It is. It's all on YouTube somehow. I don't know how it's, it's not being taken down, but it isn't. Watch it now. All of it. Go watch it now. Go watch it now. Watch from like season one to season two and then stop. All right. <laughs> I no offense. That's just when the original Stephanie leaves. The next She's one does okay. The She's the OG. Yeah, I'm just opinionated. Anyways, That's my fair. favorite moment from Sanderson's back on track um, uh, is from uh, Putting Others First. Uh, my favorite moment that I have is uh, the talk between Patton and Janice nearing the end of that episode. Aww. Where I know... The little talk where, where Patton is wondering, like, how many, like, what was it? Like, how many apologies before, like, it's enough or too many? And then Janice kind of has this, like, off comment of just, like, oh, just, I would love for someone to consistently apologize and, and just need to have the same things happen over and over again. And Patton's just sort of like, oh. And then Janice <laughs> is like, oh, guilt. Uh, actually. And then he, like, goes into, like, uh. an actual answer. It's just a really sweet moment. And honestly, a moment I really resonate with, um... Just as yeah. someone who also, one, is constantly worried about apologizing too much, but also someone who is, like, a people pleaser to the point where I've given a lot of yeah. chances to people. So yeah. that that uh, moment just has a lot of weight to it in my mind. I know it's it's definitely one that sticks with me 
as I deal with certain situations, uh, you know, in my life. Um, I can't get over Thomas's acting there. Oh, oh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's one of those really good, good vulnerable moments for Patton. Um, yeah. And a nice, really open moment from Janice. That episode is just a really good Janice. It just opened them. Yeah, it just opened them up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's just a no, really good really interaction. Cool. I love just whenever Patton and Janice get to interact. Yeah. It's just such a... It, it's so, I mean, that, that's really one of the only examples of that. But, like, still... I want more of it because of that moment. Oh, also, yeah. um, there was also the, the music video thing. The, um, the one in the music video? Yeah, from the, I... the song from Over the Garden Wall. Into the Unknown? Yes. I always forget that's what it's called because I hear that name and then my mind instantly goes to Frozen. So... Into the Unknown! <laughs> that was my song. <laughs> that last note was really, really excellent. Yeah, thank you so much. You, you, you've done theater? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> God. Don't, it shows. Oh, um, oh my God, you're making me feel so good about myself. Quit. What do you that know? was totally oh my, my intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm blushing. <laughs> what is your favorite moment? Oh God, I have three. Oh, here. good. Um, oh my God. I don't know. I don't even know if I agree with these. Me um, with every answer I've ever had and- to answer to any question. And I don't have the moment of one step in front of the other kiddo. That's <gasps> by far like, one of my favorite things. Um, I mean, we've already been blasphemous talking about favorite lines and not bringing up the vase line, the meme-filled vase no, line no, no. from the same episode that's, that we were talking about before. Listen, I really should have made that one of my favorite lines, too, because that's so good. Who broke this vase? Who broke this vase? <laughs> Everyone who's here at my awesome party, this huge crowd of people that's definitely here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stacy, you okay. make cookies? That's my favorite part of that whole line. That's <laughs> Honestly, so that's the best part of that line because it's just this horrible torment for this poor boy. And then suddenly he's like, let's make cookies. I like cookies. I'll be honest. I love the line right after that where he's just like um, doing the whole, Thomas, I was giving you gold and you were giving me nothing. <laughs> was it the red solo cup? I, it may not have been enough, but you're out of the moment. Whatever, I don't know. But oh, I love it. I love so that good. episode. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I mean, to to bleed into that, um, Ennis's reveal, can lying be good in general? Um, and really, the only reason that that one's there on my list is because, like, because of how much I freaked out. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember watching that episode for the first time, and I, I've said this before, I'm sure, on the podcast already, but, like, I just remember looking at Patton and being like, that's a little weird for Patton. I don't know. And honestly, like, <laughs> no no shade to anyone on the writing team of Sanders Sides, but I remember sitting there being like, this is not great writing, but okay. <laughs> and then I went on. I was like, I don't think that's Patton, but okay. And I remember, <laughs> like, I had a few moments of that. And yeah, I don't even remember where specifically. If I watched the episode, I might be able to find it. But just how clever that was. And then when the reveal happened, I freaked out. I was like, what is happening? Because I also really love Uncanny shit. Yeah. So like, we were just talking about that. But like, oh my God, that that's one of the best. That that ruined me. Also, to double back about the patent, like in that episode, that you thought like sounded funky until the reveal. It's funny whenever I hear people say that. And it's funny when I see the episode back now, too. Because I didn't catch on even a little bit. I, Not even honestly, a single that's second. that's probably a better drop. That's probably a better drop than because it hit harder. Oh, because no, I truly. Was- I didn't... I, 
I didn't see anything really weird. I I think I even like brushed off the idea that he was being so okay with lying because I I just sort of characterized that as I was like, okay, Patton, like he's being weird because he's so into the idea of lying right now. But I was like, well, maybe he would be because he's the heart and he doesn't want Thomas to lose his friend. And it's understandable that he would want to do something maybe a little bit out of what he would normally do because he wants to protect the friendship and he's feeling sentimental about that. So, like, I I went through that whole episode not having any idea. Like, even him just being like, Roger Rabbit, I like cartoons. Like, stuff like that, which now I'm listening to and I'm like, wow, that's so clearly not Patton because why would he even specify that? But, like... Even him saying friendo instead of kiddo. I was just like, friendo's a good word. And I use it now because of him. The friendo was where I went, no. (laughs) I remember being like, no. Because as I say, like, the one step in front of the other kiddo is my line. And they're like, no, 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 no. I didn't catch on at all. Now that that I think back, I really do think the whole, like, right? You know how I love cartoons? I'm sitting there like, that's not great writing. What is happening right now? <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, that sounds like some crap I'd say in the middle of a joke. I'm like, hey, you know, because the thing I like, I'm, it's, it's wonderful. That's something you would say. That's not something Patton would say. Well, I am Patton. Patton never calls attention to his humor. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, well, I am Patton. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, don't you well, see my little index card, which I'm pointing the wrong direction? This index card over here? Oh, cool. Indeed. Um, no, I, I genuinely think that's super clever oh it was brilliant i, I think that oh they, they did that really really well now that i look back mm-hmm. um okay so there's that that's gonna withstand time yeah that's iconic um i love any moments between janice and virgil Fair. i don't know why i love those two with every fiber of my being mm-hmm. um time they just like remotely come at each other's throats svs is fantastic yeah. like just <laughs> one of my favorites is the whole like Right, I don't remember what it is. I didn't think about this too hard enough. Because I love them in the courtroom, which is what I was referencing in my notes. But like, I love. I also love them. Um, the whole like, oh, oh man, it's like as soon as he shows up, he's just like, oh, your face is something. Oh come on. Oh, I'm dying. As a Sanders oh, was it? Um, well, didn't he say like, well, your face ruined my day. Your face ruined my day. Hey. So called. That's. I forget what Janice said. Prompted it because that was a response, but I don't remember what it was a response to. Loves, I love. No, I almost said showing up where I'm not invited. That's not no, not Janice. Um, that's the Janice says something like, "I love that you just ruined my dramatic." Oh and yes, that's no, so good. You well, your face. Right there. there it is. Okay, <laughs> that's so good. I love every single bit that, and also. Um, the line, oh man, it's the one after the Nazis. He's just like, that cannot be where the bar is. <laughs> Anything between Janice and Virgil. Anyway, that. They're mm. so good. And then, okay, acting moment. Mm. I am very, very happy. The last favorite moment that I have so far, because we're going into new, as we're going into the newer stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I have loved watching Patton talk about Nico. Mm. As much as like, I, it's really sad and it hurts like the way that Thomas is performing it as well as the way the writers have written that out it's it's special to me because I've had heartbreak similar to that mm-hmm. to an extent so like watching 
loving someone else be very, very hard and very, very scary mm-hmm. to the heart and no one else is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So every time Patton's like, oh, he's nice. I'm like, yeah, he's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say right now, Mola. I'm looking forward to getting to meet him, he says. And I'm like, yeah, you can see like the angst there, just like hiding behind the smile. Like, I think the line is looking forward to getting to meet him. I think something like that. Like, already met. Getting to know him. No, it's getting to know him. I guess so, yeah. So, literally, like, uh, Roman and Virgil are just going off of like, the initial first impressions, whereas Patton's like, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, please, this is fantastic. This is, oh, please. Mm. Oh, I love Patton. that shit. You repressive boy. Works. Psychology in the series works. It just always oh, does. What? Hence the podcast. <laughs> Hence the podcast. <laughs> That's where we're here, folks. Yeah. Oh, oh my we God. Ready for our next question? Yeah. We have a question from a person named B. B. I love B. Uh, their question is, do you have a favorite bit of psychology that Sanderson has covered? Their talk on cognitive distortions, intrusive thoughts, etc. A concept that you like the most. Gosh. Um, mm-hmm. Am I going first? You can go first. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. So, I don't um, know what's okay. <laughs> My favorite bit. I, listen, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of moments that like, akin to what we were just talking about the fact that like i see something from my own psychology Mm -hmm. and then that sets me off because i'm like oh please that's perfect Mm -hmm. um so honestly i have right here moving on moving forward obviously because i love i love the the new um the the perspective on grief that you just have to sit in it and you Mm -hmm. just have to keep walking and you just have to keep moving even if it's not about death like if you're if your grief is not about death your grief is valid i don't think enough people talk about that mm-hmm. um which is one of the reasons that's my favorite episode because it really spoke to me in a way that like now every time that i'm really sad about something that i cannot change i just remember that episode and i move forward with it um so i mean i i've been using that piece of psychology every day of my life but again yeah. that's like the first time i've talked about this on the <laughs> it just it's so important to me mm-hmm. uh, but also the other two that i have here because i knew that that would be a pretty obvious answer yeah. i have um my negative thinking because i am an actor and i do that audition shit all the time mm-hmm. and oh boy Boy, howdy, the amount of times that I've caught myself in a cognitive distortion at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised I said that right, because normally I'll say Hagen-Dazs distortions. Um, <laughs> has to be said. I said it right. I can't believe that. But um, no, especially as someone with anxiety, like it really helps to put those anxious thoughts into perspective, mm-hmm. especially when you're doing a, like a rough audition, because like, I had the last show that I was a part of, like genuinely a part of where I didn't have a script in my hand. Um, I was, I had a really rough starting audition. Mm. It, I hated it. I was, it was bad. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. I stumbled on my words and I had a moment where I was standing there like, I don't know what the fuck to do now. And it was just, ugh, it was bad. Mm. So then I was like, yeah, I failed that. That was terrible. But then, 
they called me back one of the because it was one of those like uh cattle call auditions where there's multiple shows being auditioned for at once um so but you could do whatever you wanted so i just absolutely murdered that first audition but then one person called me back and i got betty number five in um uh uh what do you call that collective rage the tale of five bettys now to preface, please do not go look that show up. There's <laughs> in how dark it is, or how like uh, it, it's it's definitely rated R plus, at least. Um, oh, please yeah. don't look that up. I remember you told avoid- me because that oh, was boy. one of the first. That was the like the the show that I remember I saw you do because that show was being streamed on a website. So it was during COVID. yeah. So I remember, like, it was was early into our friendship, too. And you were like, oh, I'm doing this show if you want to, like, watch it. And I was like, yes, I would love to watch you in a show, my friend. And so I carved out the time, and I I sat down. And you warned me, too. You were like, it's a bit much. And I was like, I'm sure I'll be fine. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, God, my poor asexual brain. I can't handle this. I was like, it's still amusing, and I'm still having a lot of fun watching, but dear lord, some of the wordage being used is too much for me. But, yeah. yeah. I yep. still love that show, and I would still, I, I, I was going to say I would rewatch that show. I have rewatched that show. It's so special to me. It's so good. It's so I have, like, a lot of nostalgia I, for that, weirdly, like, in our friendship. Every time I hear about it, I'm like, oh. Yay! Like, yeah. Yay! I love Collective oh. Rage. It's been so long, but yeah. Anyway, I uh, I genuinely remember like freaking out that I got even remotely a callback for mm-hmm. that for any of the shows because I remember being like, "That sucked." <laughs> what are you talking about? And the callback saved me so hard because I remember it was actually this has nothing to do with anything, but like um, I remember being in the callback and the director. Like I was up for two roles. Um, there were, the thing about this show is there are five Bettys, mm-hmm. and I was Betty. I was up for Betty number four and Betty number five because they're all named Betty. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. that's who I was up for, and so I auditioned for Betty or I did callback stuff for Betty five where I was cold reading from the script, and then um, <laughs> I did that, and then I remember the director like looking off camera and like whispering. And then That's saying, scary. okay, you're good to go. Oh. And I was like, I haven't done Betty 4 yet. That's spooky. And they were like, no. I just kind of like clarify. I didn't mean to be like, I definitely don't think I said like, but I haven't done Betty 4 yet. Oh. I, but I definitely went like, are you sure? And they were like, yeah. And I said, okay. So I got off that call pretty convinced that I had Betty number five. <laughs> and then I had Betty five. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just knew who you, who you seemed good for, I guess. <laughs> It was crazy. But yeah, that's the thing. You never know. With auditions, you never know. Mm-hmm. So those cognitive distortions, uh, especially in auditions, have really been helpful to walk yeah. through because I've also had therapists hand me whole sheets of like cognitive distortion lists. And then I've also learned about them in psychology and I'm like, ah. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. Uh, I love them. dispersion. Yeah. You kept saying it and I was just like, I need to say the opposite right now. It's so good. It, it just you're not a Sanders says fan if you don't do that. I no, think. I think of that term first, and I remember cognitive distortions because of that term. <laughs> good. <laughs> Literally, like I can't think of one. I can't. I can't think of the actual term without hearing it first in my brain the other way. No, that's just no, how it is. 
Um, so learning new things about ourselves is the other one. Um, just getting to the bottom of an issue when you don't know what the issue is. Ooh. Like just sitting with your feelings and like being okay with whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. Like learning to accept it no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to do that a lot too. So as much as like that one's harder to kind of like talk about because it's, you know, there's there's a question, but you don't know what the question is to be able to ask it's it's always so hard but then like being willing to like let your feelings out and let them talk and then being like oh actually i know what it is because now i can feel it you know like i mean sometimes feelings are there so buried in the subconscious Uh i know i deal with that a lot like depression wise where i'll just Mm -hmm. like wake up one day i'll be like man i feel terrible why i'm not sure yet i'm sure there is a reason I just, it's just not at the forefront of my mind right now. So <laughs> I guess I'll just suffer. <laughs> I say as I shove water in my face to make me stop. Anyways. <laughs> no, you're so, bad. Um, yeah. so what are the moments or the, the favorite bits of psych that you have? Um, for me, it's uh, surrounding my favorite two episodes, SBS and uh, Putting Others First. Oh. They're so good. No, um, I love the questions surrounding the morality of a person. I love the questions of like, what makes someone a good person? What actions lead to that? And especially in putting others first, like how intensely do the intentions matter in being a good person? I just, there's something about that subject in general that not only do I just really enjoy, but like, as I I was thinking about it, as you were talking, as I was like looking at my notes and I was like, I just realized too, that like several other pieces of media also deal with the subject for me. This is it's why I love the Good Place so much, and it's honestly why I love Infinity Train so much. They all deal with this question of like morality and like like how your choices affect you and and you know your overall standing as like a good person or maybe a less than moral person. Yeah, it's, it's something that's fascinating. Like I said, I, I love putting others first so much because they just sort of sit there and talk and have like these random scenarios thrown out in these questions of like, what makes you, what is the morally okay thing to do? And as, as, especially as someone who, again, is very much a people pleaser and someone who's trying not as much to be a people pleaser, but like falls into it so hard. Having like those conversations is very interesting. And especially when you're trying to like debunk the idea that you have to do every little thing to be perceived as a good person. Like, and you can do things for yourself and you can act selfishly sometimes because you need to be able to treat yourself and you can't just, you know, put, put your, you know, good vibes into the world a hundred percent of the time, you know, at the, at the risk of, you know, destroying yourself in the process. Like it's, it's a fascinating subject and it's part of why I love those episodes so much. Yeah. It's a really important concept because I don't think enough people, I think people are either on I think it's really split these days between like people who are really people pleasing and really selfless, mm-hmm. not giving enough attention to themselves. And then the other side of giving too much attention to themselves and not being selfless as they should. It's really hard or, to find that balance. I, yeah. I don't know many people who, I mean, let me rephrase that. Like there are people who find that balance, but it's hard in society these days to find that balance. Oh Yeah. Both yeah. sides of that spectrum are so, like, magnetic that, like, you, you try to yeah. pull away from it and you just find yourself slipping back. Like, I'm trying not to be as much of a people pleaser in recent time, but it's so hard not to just, like, default back to it. 
Yeah, and I'm such a... The moral questioning comes in. Sorry? (laughs) What did you say? I heard that. You say that again for the people to hear, because I'm mad at you. I said, and I'm such an egotistical asshole, but sometimes I need to bring it down. I will fight you. I will physically fight you. Patent energy. I will get you. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm being silly. You better be. I will not have my friend talking about themselves like that around me on this podcast. I mean, that that's the patent energy I need in a friendship. Mm. <laughs> the <laughs> aggressive positivity. That's my favorite brand of positivity. Aggressive positivity. Aggressive. It's my favorite to give. I get scared when people do it to me. I'll, I'll see TikTok videos of someone doing that at the camera. I'll be like, ah, no, I feel, I'm, I'm anxious now because it feels like you're mad at me. But like, I like doing it to people though. So like, vice versa. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Do we um, have one more question left? We have two more questions left. Two more questions. Two whole more questions. Do you not have the answer to one of the questions? <laughs> well, that's going to be interesting. Let's go with our second to last question, which maybe is the one that you have an answer to, and it may not be. Um, <laughs> we have a question from our friend Lucy. From our friend Lucky Creates. Um, I love Lucy. Lucy's great. By the way, I did say I love Phoenix and I love Kay. I love you both too. Oh, I don't yes. know why that just like really said, oh my god, I love you guys. Yeah. I love, we all, love of all, the all the people. But Good Lucy fun. gets special shout out because like she's our friend. <laughs> well, yeah, Lucy has been my friend for, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, I Lucy asks, which side's character development do you appreciate the most? That's the one I have. Yay! That's Yay! The last question's a mystery. Ooh. <laughs> Um, so, for me, uh, what? Go ahead, Tegra. Oh, yeah. For me, um, I have two sides for this. Uh, one being huh? Janice. Um, two sides. What? Two sides for this? Yeah, I, I, I think you're thinking I meant that in a different context, whereas I meant it literally as two sides. Yeah, yes. I didn't mean there are two sides of the coin I'm feeling on this. I mean, I have two Sanders sides on this list here in my notes. Tegra, I think this is one of those moments that defines our friendship. Like, you just understand me. You get me. I know immediately what you thought happened. (laughs) I appreciate you very much. If I'm I'm nothing else, I am, one, a Steve translator, your OC Steve translator, but I'm also an Amy translator. Yay! The only thing I can't translate is my own thoughts. Anyways, uh, so... It's a mood and a half. Um, So Janice is uh, the first side here. Um, Which, like, he hasn't gone through, like, a load of development so far. Like, he's still fairly new. But I I loved, again, like, going back to putting others first, especially, I love seeing him open up. Like, that episode was such a big, like, development for Janice. Because he, he reveals the name. You know, he he opens up. He He's acting kinder than normal. Like, he's really, like... That was the episode that really cemented him as, like, the mental health one. Like, specifically, more than anyone else. Because he comes in and is telling Thomas to, like, be selfish. Treat yourself. Don't wait until, you know, you go through a crisis to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and seeing that from, like, the character who once was unmasked, like, a Scooby-Doo villain, in Virgil's words. Um, <laughs> well done, that was awesome. Thank you. I love Scooby-Doo and yeah. Virgil, so it was bound to happen. Um, <laughs> but, good. no, like, 
seeing how he started as this like very seemingly stereotypical villain and him sort of being further characterized as someone who's just looking out for Thomas in his own occasionally sadistic ways. Um, but like, you know, he has such good intentions and we're going to talk about that. I'm, you know, I know in a later episode, but, I um, I just love seeing his more open side. Um, mm-hmm. it's just really nice and, and seeing how far that's come so far. Um, yeah. my other one is Patton, which I feel like, I don't know if that's a controversial pick. I feel like some people are going to be like, well, he hasn't, he hasn't gone through enough development yet because he's still struggling, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, I... He started out as this super chipper, dadly, like, pun-based character who's just, like, a little child boy. And I like that he's gotten more complex. Again, going to yeah. putting others first. <laughs> Everything centers around putting others first for me. It's, it, like, ah. But, like, seeing him question himself and, and letting himself be a bit more solemn in moments and being honest with his feelings and and trying to work hard at, you know, being forgiven for some of these things that he's accidentally doing that are making certain people uncomfortable, like with uh, Virgil or even, again, putting, putting others first with Thomas. It's it's nice seeing that even though he's still struggling with it, he's making a legitimate effort. Yeah. Um, and that's really nice. And, and, and it's showing that he's not just like, you know, he's not hiding away from his feelings anymore. He's being honest when he feels this way with people and when he, he's voicing his concerns. Yeah, and I really like that. I, I, I just it, it it makes Patton feel more and more like a, 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 a blah, blah. <laughs> remember those consonants I needed before. I should use some more of those. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite thing to say now when I start like fumbling words. I'm like, I just need more consonants. More consonants. Harder about- K's and T's and such. Um, and such and such. But um, no, I just. I don't remember where I was going. I just I just really like how Patton yeah. has, you know, it's really about the characters who are getting uh, more open and in touch with, like, their mm-hmm. vulnerabilities and and being honest about that. It's good yeah. vibes. And it's honestly, I, it, it's probably because as someone who struggles with that himself, it's something that I'm seeing and want to engage in myself. So it, it's nice to see other characters do that because it makes yes. me feel a bit better about wanting, like, doing it myself. Iconic. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. What yes. about you? Um, so I would agree with you. I uh, I know I have, um, I've said before that I have a funky relationship with Patton. Mm-hmm. The reason, I, I, I think Patton is, is one of the ones that stands out to me personally because of how, um, because of how personal it is. I think the, the any kind of like discomfort I have with the character of Patton, I think plays into some of my past and plays into how real and raw that character's development is. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah. Um, I think he's changed a lot. I think he's still got a long way to go. Oh, yeah. uh, but also knowing my, my big thing, which I, I definitely will be talking about later but just um, knowing that Patton comes from a Christian background mm-hmm. and that, that intensity of his sense of right and wrong without much explanation as to why mm-hmm. is very, very real to me. Um, and just like you with the people-pleasing, um, learning to love yourself, because I don't think we can definitively say that Patton loves himself. 
Yeah, he definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's struggling with that, especially in recent time. I don't think you can say that. But Which mood? Yeah, I, I think as much as Patton hurts to watch, I think I love that it hurts to watch. Yeah. Because of how personal it's been with especially coming out of people pleasing and stuff um on the other hand though in terms of just like which character i enjoy watching because if i don't enjoy watching patents all that much <laughs> um, i really enjoy virgil mm. as uh, is not a surprise um virgil as as simple quote unquote as his arc is because he's just anxiety learning to like back off a little um it's also very it's cool to watch Virgil open up and it's cool to watch him relax into being understood yeah. and being feeling like he's seen. Oh, so, and I'd argue yeah. that he's probably, and this might be debatable, um, but I'd argue that he's the character who's had the most development so far. Yeah. Like the most different from where he started, like the bit, like the most stark change. I'd agree with that, yeah. yeah. And I think it, I mean, it's evident, too, because there's a lot of episodes that are really focused on that character development. Yeah. Um, like, even, like, fitting in uh, um, embarrassing phases. Like, I can think of several episodes off the top of my head that specifically serve to push Virgil's, like, arc. Yeah. So, I like that. I'd agree. Honestly, Virgil would have made my list, too, but I'm just I biased. think all of them, genuinely, I think all of them have really good development oh, right truly. now. I think it's interesting to watch them all, but that's just the piece, the, the specific ones we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the ones that we're resonating with is who we're choosing. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you ready to hear the last yeah. question that you don't have in your notes? That I don't have in my notes? Fantastic. <laughs> you ready? You ready? You ready to bullcrap this question? I've never been more ready in my life. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that noise was. Whoa! Like, Whoa. Every... <laughs> we're talking about Mike Wazowski's la or scream. Like, yeah! <laughs> Whoa, yeah! <laughs> this is irrelevant information. It I'm is. just making fun. It's yeah, just something that you did several times before this episode recording. <laughs> you can start recording, and now you know. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so distracted now. If, the, if you need to know how to make a tech real laugh, it's, it's just by recreating a funny noise from a thing he recognizes. That's all it takes. Um... <laughs> Now I want to do that, but we got to keep moving. No, you, yeah, we need to get to this question. Um, <laughs> you're so prepared for. Uh, I'm so prepared. K-Log, once again, asks, yeah. is there any moment or moments in Sandersides that made you realize something about yourself? If so, then what is it? Uh, slash what are they? <laughs> Would you like to go first, or should I? <laughs> well, the thing is, that question, I almost feel like I've answered a few times. Yeah, I think like, we both answered this one a little bit. Quite, quite the a thing bit. is, the, the pattern with people pleasing and learning to be less less selfless, mm -hmm. um, it was a really big piece for me. But I don't think that stemmed from Sandersides. I think it definitely was aided by Sandersides. Mm -hmm. um, and I know the grief aspect. I think is probably like the moving on, moving forward thing. I keep talking about might have been spawned by Sandersides. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. The cognitive distortions definitely. I think I learned that from Sandra Side. Honestly, Sam, I, I don't even have that on my list, but that's actually like a really potent one. I think that's definitely one that that got me. Um, but 
I'm trying to think through all the episodes. <laughs> Go through every single episode. Uh, I believe in you. You can do this. Yeah, the Am I Original probably got me a little bit. Ooh, it definitely started. Because, as, I mean, at that point in my life when I first watched that, I wasn't making content, but now it kind of... I definitely do think about the mindset of like it's an imperfect copy, mm-hmm. so like let it be the imperfect copy. Honestly, um, I've been doing content for a long time, and that that one definitely resonates with that fear of you know copying and fear of like not being interesting or original enough, not finding your your niche in, in your content. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult. I think that's one that a lot of content creators would would resonate with quite quite well. Yeah, because I think everyone has to. Every content creator, I'm sure, at some point has to have like encountered that phenomenon. Uh-huh. I don't think content creators get enough recognition for how much work goes into what no. they do. And media definitely doesn't do well to to represent that, which no. pisses me off endlessly. Yeah, genuinely. The amount of times that I've seen a character show up in a show, and they're like a, like a content creator, they, they're always like one of a couple stereotypes. And I'm just like, dear Lord, can we just get some like actual representation with actual issues that content creators deal with? Yeah, and they're also so spunky. Like creators tend to be really like just tired as fuck. <laughs> Truly. Like there there was a character that showed up in the um newest uh generation of My Little Pony. Um mm-hmm. that is like uh I guess I guess she's like a, a what is she like the the equivalent of like an Instagram streamer or like a Twitch streamer or like She's supposed to be yeah. like the content creator, and I remember when I saw that, you know, from the be- from the beginning, I was like, "Oh, that's actually really we-, we can delve into some good stuff here if the writing's right, and we can like do some really interesting stuff with that." And yeah. I haven't seen much of that series since the first like couple episodes of it because I don't like it that much. That's just oh. a me thing. That's just oh. a me thing. Ah, oh. but. Yeah. It it felt like immediately from what I've seen, like from the first season that I've seen, like it's it's so surface level. And like if I were on that show, there's so many different things I could think of that could go into like plots revolving around a character who does content creation. You know, mm-hmm. there's that nervousness of trying to upload, you know, as fast as you can or if you need a schedule. There's the you know, the burnout of, you know, not knowing what burnout. to do. The burnout is so burnout. Ah, it's such a thing. You know, the ideas thing, the originality thing, you know, parasocial relationships. There's so much you can do with it. Listen, there's so much. There's so much you can do with it. And it feels like it never gets the light that it needs. So. Yeah. So Am I Original was a nice call out to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of those really good, like, representations of content creation. Like, one of the better ones I've seen. Um, So my two are um, one that I've seen, I, I think I, I talked about in episode one, which is uh, dealing with intrusive thoughts. Because I, you know, it's, it's one of those episodes that I definitely saw that I was like, oh, this is a normal thing that certain people deal with. Because up until that point, you know, I had no idea what intrusive thoughts were. I knew that I was dealing with something. I knew that I was having these thoughts that would stick in my head and I couldn't get rid of them. And I was like, what the heck is this? Am I crazy? Am I a freak? And then I saw that episode and I was like, oh, is that what they are? And is that like, so they're not a thing that I should really be worried about because it's just the brain doing a thing and I don't have to like take that at face value and assume that I'm this creep of a person. <laughs> That's that episode. Phew. Yeah. It's, it's a really validating episode. Um, my yeah. other thing, <laughs> which is less of something that like I learned about myself, more of just something I learned about the concept of lying. 
Um, can lying be good? Ruined lying for me. Not not ruined lying, <laughs> but like definitely made me more conscious of certain lies. Because like it taught me about lies of omission. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what lies of omission were before, and now every time I'm uh, I'm not saying something that I could say to someone, my brain is like lying to them. You're not actively lying, but by omitting the truth, you are you are committing a lie of omission. And now is- Logan is judging you. <laughs> He's frustrating because to an extent that that's true if you uh, there's times when that's true and then there's times that aren't yeah and and lies of omission also don't necessarily have to be bad oh yeah i think there's this i don't know how controversial this quote this statement is going to be but i think there are plenty of examples that lie <laughs> to quote the title of the episode where lying can be good um, I, yeah. I, I think that not all lies are inherently bad. I think it definitely depends on the intention behind why it's being done. I don't think that all lies are inherently evil. Maybe I'm just a Janus defender, which I definitely no. am. But like, I think that just generally, that's that's something that should be uh, known. That not all lies yeah. have to be a terrible thing. No, I I know for me, like the lies of of commission i think the ones that you just make stuff up yeah that i i don't do like i i'm pretty against lying personally yeah, but like lies of omission like if you're talking to somebody about like i don't know something that's really personal to you but you also know that like an example i'm a genderqueer individual uh-huh. I'm talking to somebody in my life that doesn't understand that concept or really just is going to go off Mm -hmm. and they're not going to understand. And I know that like, obviously there are times where you can kind of put stuff out there, but like if, if you know that they're just not going to listen because they have evidence of that, you don't really have to talk about that. That's not necessarily something that you're lying about. It's just something that you don't need to reveal to that person. Mm -hmm. It's a very valid part of me, though, so I'm going to keep it there. But, like, I'm not going to tell this person about that because I don't have... Maybe I don't have time for an argument right now. Honestly. Or maybe I, I just never have don't. time for an argument. I can't do it. It's not, not, not for but me. Like, <laughs> that's a valid reason to omit something from a conversation, but yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's a safety issue. Oh, truly. To omit things. Yeah. God. There's a whole... There's a whole lot of things. So anyway, reasons, but um, yeah, and also just to clarify, when I said that Sandra tried to ruin lying, I'm I'm joking. No. I love that episode. I love the information that that episode brought on. I like knowing that what lies we mission are now. It's just like it changed my view. It changed my view on it. Yeah, it really like it, it made me realize yeah. something about myself. <laughs> the question: What Ooh. learning new things about yourself? Oh my god, ourselves. So there's this oh, thing that's god. called omission. Uh, no. Bring that joke back. <laughs> I love that that stood the, the like weight of time because we we recorded that like a month ago or something. <laughs> That's gonna be one of those jokes that I keep coming back to. I'm sure I'm gonna keep coming back to that one because it's such good. a good little format for a joke. Good because we learn Thanks. new things so often about ourselves. So it's just like if, if I can fit it into lyrics, I'm going to. Yeah. No, it's oh very good. Oh my gosh. Well, well, what do you know? Yeah, we, we've answered all the questions. And now questions. you guys know a bit more about us. 
Huzzah! Huzzoo! Huzzoo! Hey, thank you so much for listening to our to our ramblings. Um, just so you know, uh, we are still making episodes. We are. Uh, if you like the episodes that you're hearing and you're noticing, please share with your friends. Please let do. other people know about this because um, uh, we are going to be doing another Q and A soon. Yeah. Um, like every few episodes, we're going to have a Q and A just to be able to talk, bring up topics from the past and be able to answer any clarifying questions you may have about it. Mm -hmm. So if you guys in the future have any questions that aren't just about like things that we like and are about like topics we've talked about, like if you have any more clarifying questions about maladaptive daydreaming or any other things that we had thought about uh, with Inside Out that we might not have brought up in that episode, then uh, let us know and ask us. And we'd be happy to retread some old territory and, you know, clarify any questions that you might have regarding what we've talked about and what we might not have said yet. So, yeah. Yeah, so be thinking about that, and we'll see you next Saturday. See you next Cydology Saturday. Cydology Saturday. I'll never forget that you said it exactly that way. Very Pecani-esque. Cydology Saturday. I I tend to feel like I am Pecani sometimes. You know, I, I agree with this. You are Pecani. In, in some capacity, like I'm, I'm Picani without the cartoon piece. I think I'm the cartoon piece. I do, I do just musicals and anything that I can possibly have from my past. I, I just think if we both like Steven Universe fused, we'd make Picani. You know what? I'm okay with that. I, I like this possibility. I like that. That's good. <laughs> we are two halves of a Picani. We are. T- <laughs> I'm Ruby. You are Sapphire. That's amazing. I. <laughs> Oh my god, don't even garnet. Uh, <laughs> we are a garnet. Freaking Actually, that garnet. has some implications. Anyway. We are not a garnet. Can we be sardonyx? Yeah. I can be pearl. That's uh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember what sardonyx. No, it's pearl and garnet. Oh, I'm okay. The big with that. mallet and the and, and the little and the puns and the showmanship. Oh Yeah. It's well, it's my it's one of my favorite fusions. I still think we make Pakani. Yeah. I'll be, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just trying to find a better analogy that wasn't two gems who are canonically, like, in a relationship. Because I was like, I don't want to accidentally, like... Oh, but that's not what's happening. No. <laughs> no. But anyway, on that note. Hey, we love you all very much. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next Saturday, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.